Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You podcast. I am your host, and today we have Marley Liss with us. So Marley helps women claim sacred sensuality so they can live in their self-love and embodied empowerment. As a woman's coach, author, public speaker, and retreat facilitator, she has worked internationally to inspire transformative healing. Marley's work is deeply shaped by her background in social work, trauma-informed yoga, somatic sex education, and body image facilitation. In 2019, Marley's sexual assault case became the first in North America to conclude with restorative justice. She has shared her story and her message worldwide, and her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, The Mel Robbins Show, and many other platforms. And some of you guys might recognize Marley because she has been on the show before. Marley, welcome back. Yay! Thank you, love. I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. We are, I'm, I could, I could say we are so happy to have you back as well. Um, and this is exciting time because you're in Manuel Antonio, Costa Rica, you're in transition about to go to California. Um, I, I, and you have a lot of different things that you've been creating. And I like to say birthing into this world. Um, and I just like to share like the first thing right away is you've been working on, um, something called the sacred sensual queendom membership, right? Did I say that right? Close. It's the Central Queendom membership. I do have another program that's like the Sacred Central Wholeness Academy. So it's like a blend. <laughs> I'm just going to throw all the words into one big long sentence now. Um, and so I would love to hear like, how has it been traveling, creating, being in your, you know, how has that been going? Because I feel like there's been a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So something I'm really excited for is to land in Cali and to actually land somewhere. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm done with, uh, for now, for now in this part of my like life cycle, I think I'm done with moving, 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 moving. Um, but the membership has been amazing and it's been so beautiful because there's so many women who want and need these spaces for sensual reclamation and sisterhood and tools for self-love. And it's just such a jump to go to like these big high-end programs that I also offer. So having something like this has been beautiful, bringing women together from all over the world. And one of my favorite parts, which we were just talking about, is like the collaborative nature of being able to do whatever the heck I want in there. It's almost like a virtual house and I can bring anything I want into that house, like speakers, dance classes, yoga classes, um, embodiment practices, coaching, like all these different things. So it feels really free in that way. Mm, That's so cool. And then you could be able to, all the different people that you've met throughout your travels, bringing them in. I saw that you did sound healing in there recently. Yes, that's coming up on Monday. And literally I have it scheduled right now to like July. I want to bring you in. I want to bring like so many different people in. And yeah, that feels really good. So if someone were to join, what is it that they will get out of it? You know, like who is this for? Yeah. So logistically speaking, people receive for less than a dollar a day, which like I've been using the hashtag like less than a latte. Like I personally spend $5 on Starbucks latte. So it's like way less than that. And um, people get every single month they get um, live group coaching call with me, movement class. So dance or yoga, 
embodiment practices, guided meditations, journal prompts, community space, app access. There's so much in there. The amazing guest speakers like Natalie Bright, Amber Lilly have come in, um, Queen of Confidence, Kelsey Dara are coming in, like amazing humans. And it's really one of my favorite things about it is that it's so integrative because it's something that you get to connect with every single day in whatever way feels good for you. So instead of being like, let's go on a one week retreat, which I also love, like one week retreat, such deep healing, and then go back to your life. And sometimes you're like, "Mm, I don't know how to carry that over. This is like, you're weaving it into your every day. So it actually becomes your norm. Mm, Wow. I got chills because that is a big thing of like being in an environment and then feeling taken out of it. Um, So beautiful, integrative, being able to let it weave in. What are some things that like the people that have been in it saying like, wow, I'm really learning a lot about blank, you know, like what are, so how is that showing up in their life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question. One of the things which I know we're going to dive into today is body love. Um, Huge, huge, huge theme, learning to love our bodies in every state, in every mood. Cause I know even for me, when I feel amazing, it's easy to love my body. And when I feel like shit, I'm like, Oh, so much more judgmental. (laughs) (laughs) So really like, I really feel unconditional self-acceptance is a big part of what I teach is like, can you love yourself and even feel sensual when you're sad, when you're angry, when you're bloated, When you're joyful, when you're happy, when you're successful, when you're failing, like in every, every state and definitely a big component of this is the community aspect, especially like I think now more than ever, we're all realizing through COVID, like how important connection is like, wow, our community is needed. And so having each other to be a kind of anchor in our lives, like we might have all this shit going on in our lives. And then like a community like this can be an anchor of like, okay, we're with you. Come back to yourself. Let's come back to these practices and each other. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Especially the body love, you know, for one, the body love and then the community aspect, because I totally agree. I think we're starving for connection in a way. And we don't even realize the impact it has until we are a part of it again. Where it's like, oh, wow, I have people I can lean on and I can talk about. And I think one of the coolest things about joining, like, because I'm in other programs and things myself, you know, obviously all the, co- anyone that's a coach or a mentor has a coach and a mentor. And if they don't, I would be skeptical of that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> of being able to meet people that are, that are like-minded. It's like, wow, I'm not alone. And I think that's like one of the biggest fallacies or lies that our ego or whatever tries to tell us is, oh, you're alone. No one else feels this. Only you do. Um, And I think especially like when we talk about body image, like, can you kind of share what your history and journey has been with reconnecting and reclaiming your body? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you just said. And like, the power of solidarity is what comes to mind. And that's been a huge part of my healing. So body image has been a big freaking journey to me. And I haven't even, I'd like to share about it more because I, I often focus on sexual violence and everything and my justice journey, but like body image has been a huge catalyst. And actually, I think it's really what led me to like the world of self-help and healing in high school because I needed it. 
Um, so I grew up in competitive dance and super intense, like dance mom style <laughs> competitive dance and, um, loved it so much. And there was obviously a lot of like toxic body messaging. We weren't even like allowed to wear shirts. You had to just wear a sports bra in front of the mirror. And like people would totally comment if you'd gained weight or whatever. Like it was a lot of surveillance and comparison. And, um, from a young age, I got really deep into like diet culture, counting calories, like I look back on my journals and it's mostly write, writing down what I ate, tracking calories, like from age 11 or something, like so young. Um, I like bought illegal diet pills when I was like 12 and went through a bit of um, like a binging and purging phase as well. And just like normalize all of it. I was like, no, like I never had a disordered eating or anything. Like every girl, every girl deals with this. I remember like watching Gossip Girl and crying, like compare, like just in all the comparison and messaging. And um, yeah, they're like 27 year old models and they're supposed to be high school <laughs> students. Like, geez. Yeah, that's so common. Like that's a big one. Um, age misrepresentation. So there's actually a lot of high school students that listen to Joyfully You podcast. Cool. I love yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, so I'll, I'll share, like I, I eventually got really into like feminism, women's rights, um, body image stuff, like mostly cause I needed it. Right. I don't know if I really knew that at the time I was like, this is interesting, but like it's on a deep level. I needed it. And, um, that just kept evolving. And eventually I was like taking fat studies in college. Um, I remember I wrote a whole paper on like fatness and sexuality and how those things go together. And then like, I went to work at the national eating disorder information center and we actually would go into schools like high schools, um, elementary schools and teach them about how they can use media in a way that protects their body image and self-esteem. And we talked about what you just said of like, just so you know, this is a 30-year-old model who's playing a 15-year-old. It's absolutely normal that you don't look like that. So yeah, it's been a big journey. And now I really feel like I'm offering these teachings in the most beautiful way. And there was like so much healing that happened for me in that department to the point where like, I really feel I've reclaimed my body as my own. Like I focus on how I feel more than how I look every day. And that allows me to be like, like an actual relationship with my body. Like, I love you body. Like, and then my body's like, I love you, babe. And I like receive <laughs> medicine and healing from my body too. Oh, I love that so much. And I totally stand by that and I'm aligned with that because I feel like the body listens, you know, like there's like, yes, we, they, we always talk about the mind, body, soul, heart, like all these different elements. And it's true. I feel like whenever I'm like, okay, body, like you can relax, especially like the feeling at home, feeling safe in my body, which for me was a big correlation with eating, you know, times where I would be like, 
why do I want to eat so much? Or why do I want to smoke weed when it's 10 a.m. and I don't even smoke like anymore? Like why, you know, like these things coming up. And a lot of the time it was this feeling of like (sighs) anxiousness in the body. And whenever I would say like, body, I love you and you can relax and you're safe and I will protect you and you're okay. Like I could literally feel my shoulders dropping of like, so I love that you have this this conversation with your body and your body has that conversation back. That's so powerful. And I didn't know about the, all that stuff that you did working with um, uh, eating disorders and media and working with youth. That's incredible. Yeah. I think, I think I love what you just said, by the way, because I could literally, and I'm sure every listener too, like the moment you say that I'm like, Oh yeah, relax body. Right. It's like, contagious in the best way I know contagious is like such a (laughs) evil word right now but I mean it in a good way (laughs) the good kind Uh, the good kind yeah um yeah it was it was incredible and um I, I even like I think what kind of happened for me is I got to see the bottom of the rabbit hole of like, if, if the surface of the rabbit hole is like one advertisement that's showing a woman looking like, you know, the thin ideal body type, whatever, like the bottom of the rabbit hole is like women being hospitalized for anorexia. And like, that's where I was working. I was like, that's where the organization was. It was like in the hospital and I worked the helpline and it just sparked such a big wake up call in me of like, I need to be way more discerning with myself of what I'm willing to engage in and actually setting a boundary of like, I'm not willing to be a part of this whole culture anymore. Everything that feeds into that rabbit hole, like I don't want to be a part of that. And that includes like buying certain magazines or like comparing myself to people having a thin spo like I used to have thin spo vision boards and shit and I was like I don't want to participate I don't want to perpetuate that for myself or any other woman or human so that was like a really big shift for me and when I started actually coming into like very deep body love that was very much like you're saying about feeling safe feeling blissful, feeling pleasure, like feeling love, all of this. Yes. And it's like a permission piece where it's like, I've had times where it's like, body, I give you permission to relax where it's almost like there's a, it's another thinking of like, oh no, I got to stay alert or, you know, so it's kind of interesting, the permission part, you know, it's giving ourselves that permission. So you mentioned comparison, and I think that's a huge thing that's come up. That's so I always tell the audience and the, the listeners to send me messages on Instagram on topics they want to hear about. And I copy and I put it in a document and I always refer back to it to make sure I'm creating content that really supports them. And this past week, things around loving the body has come up a lot. And also comparison of what other people have, like, especially around like, why am I single? And my friends are in relationships. And how do I be at peace with that? And then it goes down the rabbit hole of, is it because of my body? Is it because of this, which you and I both know it's not? Well, how would you, you know, um, what's been your experience with that yourself? And how would you guide someone if they were having that internal conversation? Yeah, Hmm. I think the biggest thing, first of all, is like letting go of shame around the fact that you're comparing yourself in the first place. And what I mean by that is like 
So if I find myself like, let's super go into it. If I look at Kelsey's Instagram at your Instagram and I find myself comparing myself to you, actually the thought that follows that is not more shit about you. It's actually judgment towards myself. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like a bad person. I'm, I'm like competitive and mean. And I go and I can go into that imposter syndrome space of like, I claim to love sisterhood, but here I am comparing myself. And that I find is actually the most painful part of comparison is when we like beat ourselves up for comparing ourselves in the first place. So for me, the biggest way to like break that kind of cycle of shame is to be like, okay, I find myself comparing myself to someone right away. Give myself compassion. It might be like, of course, I'm freaking comparing myself to people. I've been taught that since the day I was born. The whole culture is teaching that like this whole patriarchal women are competing with one another for like scarce resources, like money and lovers, whatever. Like we're taught, not only are we taught that shit, but our moms are taught that shit. Their moms are taught. So it's like, this is a big, deep level of internalizing messages so giving myself that compassion and grace to be like, that, like, it's okay that you're thinking that. That's not even your thought. It's okay. Like, that makes sense that we've internalized that. Self-forgiveness, self-love. And then let's go from there. And I think that moment breaks the cycle instead of going, like, comparison, self-judgment, beat myself up, feel like crap self-sabotage like blah 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 blah. start acting weird around that person like all these things right and even even naming it even just breaking through that shame by being like wow like I had some jealousy come up and that's okay I forgive myself and we all deserve happiness but it's just like not defining ourselves by that feeling my gosh, that's so good, Marley. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Wow. Yeah, you re- the way you explained that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I and, and, and even the part of like, oh, I'm feeling jealousy, right? Because that's like the, the other side of the comparison. It's like, okay, well, I'm comparing myself to this person and there's a little bit of jealousy coming through. And I, I, I do believe like on a spiritual level that if we feel comparison with someone, it's because there is something within them that is also within us that we are yet to see. And that like, that's why we're drawn to them, even if it feels like this negative draw. And I'll be honest, there's been people in my journey of like having a business and my self-love journey where I was so drawn to them that they actually were influencing me in ways that I was like, okay, this actually isn't healthy. Like I love them and I love me, but I had to preserve my own voice by like muting them where it had nothing to do with them. It was just, I needed to like put my blinders up a little bit because I knew I was prone to want to, like, I would see their posts. I'm like, oh, that's right. I, I I agree with that. And I like that. I want to talk about that today too. You know? So it was almost like my voice was being intermingled. And so I feel like that's a, can be on the empowered side of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm very influenced by this person, but then, and that's like from the empowered way to look at it. But when we feel disempowered, it's, it's, they have all the goods. I don't Mm -hmm. see there's another evidence that they're better than me. (laughs) Um, And so it's like interesting because the, 
it's within us, right? You know, that we have, there's a part of us that does have that same thing we see. And I also read something that was kind of interesting around comparison that said, um, comparison is a sign that we get to do more things that we love. Because if we aren't involved in our own things in our life that we love, what everyone else has looks appetizing. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, I, I love this conversation. I think it's so friggin' important. Um, I thought of too, like this mantra I've heard of when I feel jealous of another woman. I mean, you can replace the pronouns, but I'll say she's showing me what I'm capable of. And I even heard um, Sada Simone, who I love, and I'm going to be on his podcast, which I was freaking oh, out that about. Is so exciting. Thank oh you, my God. Alice. Congratulations. Thank you. Like, pilot of, I was like running in circles screaming because he's like my hero. Well, yeah, he's just amazing. Um, but he said something and I might misquote it exactly, but it was like, jealousy is inspiration misinterpreted. And I really, it's like, it's that moment of inspiration where we can even either say, wow, I'm so inspired. Or we can say like, oh, why do they get to do that? Because we want because we feel inspired. So it's like misinterpreting that energy. And then I'll just share too, because I love how this space and the communities you create are all about realness, like vulnerability. I always get super, like my insecurity thoughts get loudest when I'm about to get my period. And I'm probably going to get my period like tomorrow. And this morning I was just noticing myself do what I literally just said, where I was like being judgmental to other people. I was like, I just noticed myself having this lens of like looking for things to critique about people on social media. And then I went into that thing of like, what happened to me? I used to be so kind, like all this (laughs) self-judgment. And then I kind of caught it and I was like, okay, what do we need right now? Because I'm just thinking about it. Like, think about when you're hangry. Like you're hungry and you get super angry and you're like, "Mm," and then you eat and you're like, oh, okay. I was just hungry. I feel like on an emotional level, it's the same thing. I'm like, if that's happening where I'm being like, "Mm, she's all these judgments. It's like actually self-compassion enough to be like, what do I actually need right now? Cause maybe it's like that I'm feeling insecure in which case I need to give myself love, do some self-care Or maybe I'm feeling um, envious and it's showing me that there's an experience that I really want to have and it's pointing me in a direction. So it's like having that lens of like, what do I actually need right now? And let's focus on that instead of like, it's not actually about the other person, really. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so good. Okay, guys, take a screenshot and post that and write that the jealousy is misinterpreted inspiration. Like I got chills hearing you say that. That is so cool. And so true. So true. Cause it's never really about that person. It's like that person's giving us something that we need to look at. And I have had many um, other practitioners around cyclical living say that that week before a period, when we feel like the PMS symptoms, we feel the insecurities, we feel all the stuff like so normal which if you're listening to this, you didn't know it's so normal. (laughs) And (laughs) that's the shadow week. 
that's the week for us to do the shadow work for the rest of the month is like, it all comes up right then. And so I love that you shared that process of how you, I call it like the train of thought. Like you notice the train of thought in which direction it was going in and you slowed it down and turned it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. And I'll even just share, cause that's what I just said. Like just, um, breaking shame, by speaking something is so possible. So when we name, I see it all the time in like the group spaces I host, like especially in my deep dive programs where we're working in a circle of women for like three months, people will be like, oh, like I noticed myself comparing myself to you. And I felt really ashamed of that. And I just wanted to like kind of speak it because maybe you felt that or something and those moments are the most beautiful healing moments for everyone in the circles like I'm so glad you said that like I was doing that with this person or I was doing and we just have so much shame around the fact that we feel jealous and it's like like any other emotion right like we have to make peace with the fact that we're gonna feel angry sometimes we're gonna feel sad going to feel joyful we're going to feel all the things so same with jealousy it's like it's okay like it's okay that this is here let me just speak it and bring it out of those shadows those shame shadows Mm, yes definitely it's like observing it instead of identifying with it you know and you've talked about this a lot of like giving the different emotions like their own like personifying them. It's like, oh, hello, comparison. Are you here to visit today? Oh, interesting that you're here. Instead of I am comparison, I am comparing versus, oh, interesting. I'm feeling a sense of comparison. Um, Can you kind of share like how you talk about that of of personifying emotions? Yeah, I love that. And, And I can say that like in the example I just gave of my own process, where did my head go? It was like, I'm such a judgmental person. What, what happened? I used to be a kind person and it's like, it's like comparison of your past self almost, huh? It's so true. (laughs) That's so true. That's a good point. Um, that's cool. That's like a whole other episode. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, I think that what really supports me is like almost like that, that example I gave of of the membership being like a house. It's like my body is like that too. And just realizing there's so many, like there's my one, I don't know what we could call it, spirit, my core self, my soul, my heart, my overarching soul. Like we might all have different terms for like our actual, actual, like our true self. Um, And like within that, all these different aspects are coexisting. So I love to work with archetypes of like, the most commonly known one is like the inner child, right? We all have a little inner child. I also feel like we have an inner mama, like this fierce mama, love, unconditionally loving protector. And I, and I form relationship. Like I really feel myself love is relationship based. So I'm like inner mama, meet inner child, have a little picnic, like give each other some love. Um, And then all these other aspects, like, I have an inner bitch, right? I've really worked to reclaim my inner bitch. Who's like, no, like we're not okay with that. Like firm boundary, set boundary. We're not cool with that. Um, So many different aspects. And I almost think of, um, I told my client, one of my clients to watch inside out the other week, you know? Yeah. And I just, that's really how I 
look at it and feel of it is like there's sadness, there's anger, it's all here. And it's about relationship for me. So what is my relationship to anger? What is my relationship to my inner bitch? What is my relationship to my inner child? And it's like very much about caring for those relationships. Like we're taught to care for um, monogamous, romantic partners. Like, can I give myself that same sweetness? Yeah. Mm, that's so good. And I love that you referenced that movie. I feel like everyone needs to watch that movie because it just, it, it lays it out so well. So inside out, if you guys haven't seen it, you gotta watch that movie. It's so good. And, you know, thank you for sharing how you look at and personify those different emotions, because it's almost, I, for me, it was easier to be like, oh, there is an inner child within. Okay. And I know there is an inner mama and there is these other sides of me because it's so constricting to try and just look at ourselves as one thing and versus like, well, no. And I like the analogy of we have two hands for a reason because we can hold two hand. We can hold two things at the exact same time. Like we can be grateful and frustrated. We can be bitchy, so to speak, in the way that's like the empowered way you're referring to it. We could be totally bitchy and totally in integrity, right? At the exact same time, like all these different things. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest. At some point in my coaching work, I'm like, oh, we're back here. Because we, we, it always comes back to that. Like it always comes back to the coexistence of things that we thought could not coexist. Um, I think especially for women, like the biggest dissonance being like soft, spiritual, loving vulnerability coexisting with like a fierce, badass, like boom, angry, whatever, like warrior. And we just like, like I said in that example we're so quick to try to define ourselves by one thing where my head was like I'm a judgmental person and it's like okay I have one thought does that rule out every of everything else every time my heart has felt so big that I'm like wow I'm literally pure love embodied it's like I'm both in that moment I'm being I'm being judgmental and I'm still a beautiful, loving person with a big heart. So it's like always coming back to that of everything can coexist. A big one, this is like a bit of a tangent, but a big one with that I find is forgiveness. And because of my story, I won't go into it because it's all on that other gorgeous podcast episode we did. But mm-hmm. a I'll, lot of- I'll put that episode in the show notes so you guys can listen to that episode after and hear her full story. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So a lot of people ask me about forgiveness and that's one of the biggest things that will like blow people's minds is I'm like, forgiveness can coexist. I feel with anger, with sadness, right? You can be devastated about some something and feel compassion towards that person and feel like, yeah. So I really, really, really just like, yeah, that's a super important point. And oh, that's so living. Good. That is so good. Cause I, am a firm believer too, that like forgiveness is one of the, uh, it's what creates the empowerment on the self-love journey. Like without the forgiveness, we still feel powerless to the people and the things that have hurt us. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more about what healthy anger looks like? Because even Mm -hmm. with like people in my life, they've been like, they're like, yeah, but if you're angry, you've still given into 
something and it's still taking over you. And I'm like, but that's, I'm like, but and like, they felt it like, don't even get angry in the first place. And in my mind, I'm like, the suppression of anger is the root of the people pleasing I've had to recover from, like all these things. And so can you share, you know, what your perspectives are, your experience has been with, with anger? Mm-hmm. I love this topic so much. You probably saw me get so excited when you said that. Um, cause that's been a big journey for me. Like I used to be the very archetypal nice girl who was like, and then I got really into spirituality and yoga and I was like, I don't get angry. Like anger is a lower frequency emotion. Like I don't get it. Like I was really judgmental towards anger and I did not let myself feel it at all. And I've shifted a lot (laughs) since then. Um, just in really like a big part of my, my own healing and what I share now is like honoring every emotion and actually seeing the functionality of every emotion. Mm. And so with anger, there's so much gorgeous functionality to this emotion on a very like physiological level. We're releasing a lot of stress hormones from our bodies when we're expressing anger, just as we're releasing stress hormones through our tears when we cry. Um, anger is like without anger, we cannot recognize our boundaries because anger is that feeling that starts to bubble when we're like, something's not right. Like something does not feel good for me here. And so anger is kind of pointing us in the direction of like, here's where we need to set a boundary. Here's what we're not okay with. And that can be for ourselves but it can also be for the collective, for humanity, for the animals, for the earth. Um, One of my favorite, because I'm super passionate about justice and collective healing and like, yeah, just this, like realizing we're part of something bigger and anger is, um, oh my God, I could talk about this forever, but (laughs) anger is like, you know, that the force behind every social movement because there was a moment where someone said, this is not okay. I'm recognizing injustice. I'm recognizing like a violation of human needs and rights and care. Something needs to change. And that force is what drives that, that protection and change and care. So I am super passionate about anger. I, I also think it's um, a big energy Like it feels like a big energy. And most of the time now I recognize it as passion to create something. I'm like, when I'm fucking fired up about something, I hope I can swear. Sorry. Yeah, you, you can. It's a, it's an open, yeah. Open forum. (laughs) So when I'm like fucking fired up about something, I'm like, oh, I want to create like something is coming through me and I need to like write an essay about it or make a dance about it or like get on an IG live and rant about something super important. And so it's actually creative energy. It doesn't have to be destructive energy. Mm-hmm. How would you guide someone if they were feeling it, get up to that out of control destruction fe- feeling, you know, or to be honest though, it's more so how do you allow, I'm not even going to go there. Cause I would say majority of the listeners and majority of the people that connect with me, it's more the suppression of shut it down. Good vibes only. So how can we like, 
do you have you had that where you notice yourself wanting to shut down the anger and how do you allow yourself to express it health in a healthy way yeah so and I mean yesterday was earth day so I was like thinking a lot about nature too and one of my friends said something really beautiful which was like everything she feels in her body she relates to nature she's like oh I'm feeling a tsunami in my body like this kind of thing and I think if we're like a super spiritual person or and we feel that kind of you know if we're in that kind of love and light world I would say it means that we feel a certain level of reverence for nature right like we you're tapped into something of like wow I feel like there's magic here. There's beauty here, right? Um, So I'm like, think of nature, right? Imagine we ask the earth to suppress all her tsunamis and her volcanoes and her wildfires when actually these things have a lot of functions. Like, you know, those wildfires, I mean, they're getting um, out of hand because of like, because of, you know, the way humans have treated the earth. Yeah. And it's the same. It's actually the exact same because humans have manipulated nature and now she's being wackadoodle. (laughs) And with our bodies, it's the same. If we try to manipulate the emotions flowing through us through suppression or like distortion or denial, that's when things get out of whack. But if we just let it flow through us, it's actually respecting your body as nature and being like, okay, this is meant to be, I'm meant to be feeling this right now. And I'm allowed um, to. Exactly. And I think, I think a lot of us equate or we confuse anger with violence. And a really big point on this is like, anger is the only emotion that we, um, we instantly think of like direction, like who's it directed at and what are you going to do about it? So if you are feeling really joyful in your life with this podcast, like feeling really joyful, I wouldn't be like, who are you joyful at? And what are you going to do about it? Right? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make sense to us. We're just like, Oh, that's cool. Like, that's great. You know, like we just are like, cool. You're having an experience of an emotion. That's it. Same with sadness. We wouldn't even be like, well, maybe we directed a little bit more, but that's a great example, right? With the joy. And so same with anger. Instead of being like, who are you angry at? It's, it's I'm feeling anger in my body. I'm feeling anger. And what am I going to do about it? I'm going to let it move through my body in a way that feels empowering for me, whether that's dancing or running or writing an essay or making a rant video or punching a pillow like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to do with anyone else that emotion the actual emotional experience yeah Mm, that's so good I have someone explaining to me that anger is a self-expression that you know doesn't go towards anyone but aggression is when we are directing it towards someone And Mm -hmm. that's when it like gets destructive. And thank you so much for sharing those, like even specific examples of ways that we can channel that anger to let it move through us rather than getting stuck and lodged within us, you know? And we've talked about that before too, of like all emotions being that energy in motion and allowing it to stay in motion and trusting that it's temporary. 
Right. Trusting that it's not going to stay, that it's like, I think a lot of people are so afraid to cry or get angry or to feel it because they're like, I've, how many, I'm sure you've heard it so many times. Like I can't cry about that or else I'll never stop. Right. So true. Yeah. 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 Like, and again, it's like the coexistence thing because can I allow myself to express my anger without going into a story about how I'm a really bitter, angry person who's like mad at the world. It's like, no, can I just allow myself to express my anger until I feel complete with that and then move on with my day. And most of the time when I do that or with crying, when I let myself cry, after that, it's like that rebirth moment of like, spring has sprung, the sun is shining. So grateful. <laughs> yes. yes and I feel I feel I totally re- resonate with that and there's like a passing where all of a sudden it's like oh okay well, I could I could feel it come and I could feel it go of like huh I feel neutral again this is great mm-hmm. <laughs> like the mm-hmm. sense of neutrality <laughs> yes um, yeah I really feel what hurts us most in our own bodies in humanity on the planet is suppression I really feel that because, again, think of nature. If we tried to stop a volcano erupting, if we, like, put a plug on top and did that for 100 years, like, it'd be a massive eruption when it happens. And that's the same thing that happens with our anger. And for folks who are suppressing that, that either results in violence and hurting others or um, violence towards ourselves, right? Harming ourselves, judging, shaming ourselves, So I really feel like anger is a natural, beautiful, epic part of nature, maybe perhaps a badass part of nature. And it's the suppression that really, really, really hurts us. Mm, Thank you so much for that. Definitely. And I feel like the suppression towards self is like, that was a cause of so many um, little addictions for me that I didn't realize where it was me not recognizing that, oh, there's grief and anger about that one thing. And it's interesting because whenever I would face or address or heal or allow that stuck energy to move through me instead of being lodged within me, these little addictions went away. All of a sudden I didn't want those things. And I was like, wow, this is not just a chemical. Your body wants this. This is directly related to grief and suppression of anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely feel that it's like we we reach for things so quickly when we're suppressing. When what when what we really want to reach for is like that felt emotion. And and same with like, yeah, the nature example. Like if we do put a clog on a volcano, Mama Earth is gonna find some other way to erupt, right? So Yeah, I definitely feel that as so true. And that really feels like full circle to the body love because that totally used to be food for me. And honestly, it still is sometimes. I still have some moments like that where I'm like, oh, am I eating this? Because I'm super ignoring my my emotion. And it's like, okay, that's okay. And saying that self-imagined, that's okay. And let's just feel our feelings today. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because it's like, that's okay. So what's here? What's going on? You know, like I picture it as if I was with a girlfriend and she was like, can we just go eat six grilled cheese sandwiches and watch TV? It'd be like, okay, sure. And what's really going on? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like practicing doing that with 
ourself because I feel like there's nothing like of all the foods it's not it, it, it's only really bad I don't I, I don't even like saying things are good or bad but what I'm trying to say is there's nothing worse than eating it with a side of guilt if we can remove the guilt the food process is different we don't have this sense of shame around it but it is our responsibility to acknowledge and to identify and at least try and dig a little of like, what's actually going on? And my favorite question is, what am I avoiding feeling? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's also really sweet. Like I always kind of tap into like my younger self just being like, I just want to feel my feelings. Like it's really like quite simple and sweet because I think so often like we can get so heady about our healing or we can learn all these terms and strategies and whatever. And like a lot of the time we just want to feel our feelings, you know? So it's like that kind of simplifying of like, also, also it helps me trust myself to take care of myself, to be like, we just need to let, let Marley feel today. Just give her the space to feel. Yeah. I love that. Definitely. Giving ourselves the space to feel, giving ourselves the permission. Um, and it, it does really correlate, like how you were saying, back to the body love, back to the body appreciation. Um, do you have any like rituals or self-care practices to like reconnect to your body? And uh, can you share some of those with us? Yeah, I have so many, but I'll just share a few. Um I think the biggest thing for me is um I've heard it described as a body date, which I like. It's like me going on a date with my body. <laughs> We're just like hanging out. And that that can even um, just look like me closing my eyes, placing my hand. For me, the part of my body I've struggled the most to love is my belly. So placing my hands on my belly and just being like, just hanging out, just being like, hey, belly, like, let's have a conversation. How are you today? Is there anything I can get you to make you feel amazing today? Um, Is there anything you want to tell me? Like, I'm listening. I'm here. I'm, like, compliment. Literally, like, I would treat, like, a partner on a date. And just being like, hey, I'm here. What do you need? I'm listening. I'm available. Let's enjoy each other's company. Like, what would feel good for you right now? Let's do that. Um, And that's a really sweet, like, any... Any way that we can dialogue with our body is really, really, really transformative. And then ah, there's so many. The other thing that I would say is mirror gazing has been like a really transformative practice for me as well. And just kind of seeing through, letting myself reclaim my sight and see through a lens of love rather than conditioning. And again, just like noticing those initial thoughts and judgments that might come up and be like, that's okay. We've literally been taught that every day. It's okay. Um, Let's choose something different. What do you see that you love? What do you see that you're grateful for? Right? Like, and focusing on functionality too. Like I had ACL surgery like a year, a year and a half ago. And so there's so much for me to be grateful for of like, wow, we couldn't dance a year, uh, six months ago, we couldn't do yoga. And look where we are now, like so strong, so beautiful. So really like 
cultivating that respect and appreciation. Mm, And I love how you say we. Right. Yeah, that's, that is a, that's, I think been a huge game changer for me over the past two years is the we is, is all those different archetypes, all those different elements that come, it brings it all together and it almost activates the inner mama when it's like, what do we need? Mm, So true. I didn't even really notice that I did that until you just said it. I was like, oh, but it's, it's so true. It's like, you're a mama for a whole inner family. And it's exactly that. And it's so loving. Like what a loving way to be with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like how you mentioned like noticing the functionality of like, like gratitude of like, thank you legs for letting me walk, for letting me dance. Like, especially for areas of the body that we don't feel uh, in love with of like, okay, I noticed this judgment and I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. Um, have you ever read The Mastery of Love? No. So it's a book that it's by Don Miguel Ruiz. And he talks about like how every single cell in our body is working endlessly for us. And that anytime you're feeling alone, like remembering that there's thousands and thousands and thousands and millions really of cells that will never ever stop working for us to give us the best that we need, the best that they can do based off of what they've been given. Mm-hmm. And I just like love that so much. And it always resonates. And I always think about that as like, thank you cells for never giving up on me. You know, thank you body for breathing when I don't think about it. Cause it's like, there's so many things that our body does that we don't even mm-hmm. think about it. We don't have any control over it. Just does it. That's just yeah. so cool. That's so cool. And it, it makes me think of this kind of like, it was a revelation for me that I had like three months ago. I was doing a lot of work around my own body love. And I realized that when I was thinking of body love, I was only thinking of like me giving love to my body. And I wasn't really thinking about me also receiving love from my body. And you're so right. It's like our body's doing so much for us all the time in order for us to feel good and to heal and to thrive and exist. And so I just started focusing on balancing that and even like doing this breath practice of like on my exhale, I'd focus on giving love to my body. My inhale, I'd focus on receiving love from my body. And that like instantly shifted things. I think my body was just like, almost like, it was almost like I was looking down at my body instead of being like, wow, you have so much to offer me. You have so much wisdom for me. And then that just felt so balanced. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't think about when we think of body love. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to adopt that practice. Cause I always think of like receiving love from the world, giving love to the world, but having it be directed towards receiving love from the body, giving love to the body. Oh, I love that so much. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to do that after this yeah. call for sure. Yeah. Do you have like a, a certain breath pattern that you use when you do breath work? Or is um, it just kind of inhale, exhale awareness? Yeah, I guess I've tried a bunch of different things. What always feels good for me is like this kind of rhythmic, I see it as like cyclical breathing. I'm just like, whether it's for like, say it's for four, like inhale for four, pause at the top for four, 
exhale for four, hold it at the bottom for four. And just doing that for a while feels so, so, so good for me. And um, yeah, I even like play around with the cycles of that. Um, like thinking like anything, like it could be like, um, like waxing moon, inhale, pause at the top, full moon, waning moon, exhale, pause at the bottom, new moon, or like um, inhale, springtime, pause at the top, summer, exhale, fall, pause at the top, winter. And I'm just like, wow, like really, really feeling nature and that cyclical living like through, because breath's a cycle, breath's a constant cycle. So just playing with that lately has been like really fun too. That's awesome. I love that. It's like, yeah, you can't see me, but I'm like making a circle motion with my hands. <laughs> so are these some of the topics that people can learn about and like go on in depth with in your membership program? Yeah. So we actually did a whole workshop on, um, and again, I'm just like, the value is amazing because you could pay $33 for one event and for this, like in each month, you pay that much and you get like at least like four workshops and meditations and journal prompts and community spaces. So, so, so much is in there. And last month we did a whole workshop on body love. And it was very much about this, like what are some parts of your body that you felt shame around and like giving love to that part of your body breathing into it naming things you're actually grateful about and then the solidarity piece is huge like and I've led tons because I in all my programs I weave in a lot on body love and um have led plenty of circles where it's like just share about your relationship to your body and the conversations that happen there and women sharing and healing through each other's shares of like you were saying at the beginning, like that narrative of, I feel alone in this struggle. And then realizing that you're absolutely not alone in that and letting go of so much shame as you realize that is like incredibly powerful and beautiful. So we dive deep into all of it. Chills. And can people access past trainings? Yes, everything's on there. And like I was saying, so far we've had like Amber Lily, Natalie Bright come in. Um, We did an Afro dance class for all bodies. We're doing yoga and sound healing this coming Monday. Um, We're doing like a heels optional femme dance class next month um so these are all available and they can people can revisit and go back to them even after the event is passed exactly so all the recordings are posted in the membership um which you can download like the kajabi app and just access the membership through your phone which is amazing and uh yeah it's all there and then the live calls are constantly happening so yeah amazing amazing thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and your own personal experiences and for sharing with us about your membership program i am so honored and grateful to know you and for our friendship and that the universe conspired for us to meet over margaritas and tacos that one time in Mexico. Like this is forever. It's such a good story. <laughs> it's so 
So true. And even there was one point in the podcast where like just now during the interview where I got kind of distracted because I was like, I'm so excited to hang out in humans sometime. Like I just was like, and it's going to be soon. Like I was just feeling that. And then I was like, oh, focus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited too. Like I want to take you to the mountains here uh, in Central California because they the biggest trees ever and it's literally like you can just feel their love emanating like emitting from them because they're so massive so i digress we get to hang out in person again soon marley thank you so much for joining us on the show joyfully you podcast thank you so much for having me on yes and you guys i'm gonna put um links for the membership in the show notes and i'll also um put your instagram on there but it's marley Liss, right that's just it's marley Liss, Liss, and i always tell people like i'm a human please feel free to message me i don't know when this will come out but i have the next round of my 90 day program coming soon so like You'll see all of that on Instagram. We dance, we laugh, we cry, we do it all. So come follow, say hi, and let's connect. Yay. All right, guys, you heard her. All right, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I will see you on the next episode.